Here we are with Persona Summer Away Camp, episode introduction. We're in December 2018, and I am Devin the Referee, and to my left we have X Plain Y. Kevin is not here today because we recorded at a time he was working. <laughs> I am Nicole. My character is named Amelia Abdi. She goes by Millie. Her arcana is The Lovers, and... That's it. Pretty, okay. I'm Tyler. I'm playing Ricardo Martinez, and his arcana is The Chariot. Peter as Brody Brostar, and his arcana is The Sun. Uh, Mark is Aaron Quast, and I'm playing the devil! Devil. Alright, gang, so we're here to play Persona. Oh, and also Kevin, um, we didn't write down what his character's name was. Good job, guys. It's Maria. Maria! Maria! Kevin is playing Maria, whose arcana is the moon. 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 Yeah, yeah. Alright. So, let's start to deconstruct what this is all about. And then not reconstruct it because we're a, a post-2000s TV series that doesn't know how to do genre deconstruction. Alright, so we're playing Persona, specifically The Velvet Book. The Velvet Book is a fan project um, made by a group of people who are taking monsters and other childish things, which was a spinoff of Wild Talents by Art Dream Publishing, uh, and are using it to make a Persona RPG. It is a D10 system. Uh, I don't know if they have a central web page or anything or a contact area, so I'll, I'll hash that out before this goes up. Put it in the description. Yeah, link in the description below. Like, share, subscribe to it. Um, but it's called the Velvet Book. That's the key word to, to, to Plenty of Fish it, or uh, Babel. Alta Vista asks Jeeves it. <laughs> Are you drunk? Go to the yellow pages. Well. So, uh, what is Persona? Persona is a JRPG series that's a spin-off of the Shin Mega Ten series, uh, which doesn't get imported to America or North America a super lot, but Persona did, and it's kind of what kicked off people wanting the rest of them. In it, you are usually teenagers who are in the modernish world, and there are supernatural shit going on, and you're able to summon up a sort of manifestation of your inner ego slash uh, uh, collective unconsciousness that allows you to fight other monsters that are representations of the collective unconsciousness and mythology and stories wrapped up in a bunch of bullshit by Carl Jung. <laughs> uh, for reference, Carl Jung is a guy who you'll know who's like Freud. They knew each other. I think they were bros for a bit before Freud totally kicked it. Um, and Carl Jung wrote a lot about dreams and symbolism and how it influences us and the collective unconsciousness and all that stuff. There's a book called Man and His Symbols. I don't read that. But the idea is that all these ideas and reoccurring themes we have kind of comes from a same place in humanity, a sort of like group shared story. Not like the monomyth, like cooler than that. Um, and Persona kind of riffs on that a lot and uses none of it in the right way because it's a JRPG. Why would it? <laughs> it's it's going to make it interesting. So, the most famous Persona game is Persona 4, not 3 or 5. 4 is the one that came out and uh, was the most accessible. It came out at the end of the PS2 era where everyone had a PS2 and was one of the last uh, games released for the PS2, actually. Um, it was a bright, happy game that was a murder mystery, that uh, its main color palette was like bright yellow and black, like a bumblebee. And it was you doing um, 
you know, you do high school stuff during the day, you do dating sim stuff kind of in between, and then you go do dungeon delving in the afternoon and solve supernatural murder mysteries. And there's also a collect them all aspect where the different shadow monsters, you can, uh, you can beat them and like summon them up and then like combine them to make new ones. It's this whole fun, interesting thing uh, that kind of just caught on. So that's that's a very brief introduction to Persona. You, you should play it sometime. Anything? Really yeah. good. You got anything you want to add, Mark? Um, yeah, you know, well, you know I I've been uh, sort of like uh, in aware of the game since like the very first uh, PS One import uh, when it came over in the '90s, and uh, I didn't really get into it myself heavily until three though, and uh, five is fantastic. Um, I've actually seen a couple different attempts to port it into an RPG, and the ones I've seen have all gone disastrously, disastrously wrong. Yeah, you, you really got to pick what you emulate when you try to do something like that. Yeah, Unlike certain Pokemon conversions, where it's basically a spreadsheet game and each character is five tabs in an Excel sheet long, you got to pick and choose. Yeah, it, it's uh, another a real key aspect of the game too is getting the uh, the whole social link going because that's one of Persona's really big ones is that they create these uh, NPCs based on the major arcana, and uh, if you build your relationship with them, then you get all sorts. Not only are like do you, all the Persona you find of that arcana are more powerful, but also you get some really crazy special abilities that you basically need if you're going to finish the game on any kind of difficulty. So again, uh, very heavy into like the, the basically the dating sim aspect of it, where you're hanging out with people, you know, crewing up relationships, getting the events going on, and that strengthens uh, it translates over to, to physical benefits in the dungeon crawling aspect. Uh, it's a fun little thing. You have to balance basically three different things because there's a stat raising element to it too, and all this. Um, was Persona one or two the one where you fight Hitler at the end? I think that was one. I, I so good. I don't know as much about the first the first couple of games. I love it. It's just amazing. So um, let's go from Persona then to Monsters and Other Childish Things. This is going to be a lot briefer. Monsters and Other Childish Things is a game where you're a kid with a monster. The most fun, interesting part about it is that the monster you build it yourself by basically doing a sketch of it in your mind or on paper, and you assign the different body parts it has to a hit location. Oh, you can't see the air quoting, listeners. To a hit location. <laughs> you still did it anyways. Not do it. So but if you built a crocodile, you'd be like, his head, which is full of bitey teeth. That's one hit location. His various arms, which let him scuttle. That's another hit location. His big, meaty body that's full of armor. That's another one. His tail that lets him pick locks. That's another. And then you assign dice to it, and then you spend the dice to either just have a dice pool for it, or also affect it on top of the dice pool. It's really fun, it's really great. A lot of the Monster and Other Child system is from like 2002 and almost unusable by today's standards. It has a lot of errata you need to go through, but the core of it is really neat. So in the Velvet Book version, you have your character, who is your teenager or your kid or your adult, however you want to play it, and they have their persona, and you get to build your persona the same way. Like, um, if you wanted to do uh, Izanagi, you'd like, some people built him with, like, the helmet he has that lets him control lightning, or his cool blazer, which makes him be kind of awesome and have, like, tools on him, pickpocketing tools. Or that lightning uh, switchblade he has, which lets him, you know, do, like, attacks and stuff. Or his, like, little skate feet, which lets him move and jump around. You can build the persona based on the image in your head and assign it different things, and there's a lot of customization and strategy potential involved. And that's where the monster's other, other childish thing aspect really shines. 
Uh, it's also a d10 system. You roll a pool of dice from 1d10 to 10d10, and the way the dice show up is done in one roll. So, like, if you roll that pool, you're looking for matches, and your matches determine various things. Like, how many matches you get, like if you got three threes, determines how quickly it happens, and the value of the matches determined how effective it is. So, three threes is fast, but two tens isn't quite as fast, but it's stronger because they're tens. That's the basics of it. We're going to get into a lot of this in the outro episode, which is like, there's like a bunch of episodes in between this one and that that you're going to listen to first. Um, so that's Monsters, that's Persona, this game specifically. We want to do a very, we, we have a bigger, longer Persona campaign planned out. One that takes place on a cruise ship high school for rich kids and is insane. Um, but we wanted to beta test this system first and like we, we know the developers, we talk with them and stuff. And this is an opportunity to kind of see what it's like with people who are totally fresh to the game, how, how it plays. It's a little rough. Um, and that's mostly because you have to reference a book from 2002 and a brand new module they're making. <coughs> you know, the, 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 the interface between the two is a little rough. And an expansion. And one of the expansions, yeah. And they're quite big books. Yeah, like, like the, the development book itself is 100 pages. It's, it's not a small conversion. It, you basically could strip the monster system out of monsters and put it into the velvet <laughs> book and, like, make it more unified, and it would run a lot quicker. Which is, I think, what they're doing. I was going to say, are they actually doing that right now? Yeah, that was one of the feedback we gave them, and they, they, thought, that was a, they <laughs> thought that was a good fix to put in. So, uh, we ran this short game just to test the waters and see what we liked about it. Um, this game is, you are high school students at a rich high school somewhere in North America. Don't ask too many questions. <laughs> you guys are part of a club, and your club, to be allowed to continue to exist, um, you have all signed up voluntarily to go to this town in the mountains, this little vacation town, where there's a burned-down summer camp that burned down ten years ago, and you're going to spend your summer helping fix it up. And that's going to teach you stuff about shop, woodworking, metalworking, responsibility, budget balancing, cooking, survival stuff, community spirit, uh, it's also a charity thing. So you and a bunch of other kids from different clubs, who are like clubs, went here to kind of do that for the summer. And this little town is full of supernatural griblies and weirdos and stuff. Griblies? Yeah. So the Velvet Book recommends that you make uh, an NPC social link for every major arcana. So I went and did that. I made like 22, 25, however major arcana there are, NPCs that were like the social links from this game. And then whatever the PCs picked for their major arcana, I subtracted that NPC out of the pool. So this is a mountain town. Uh, it has like alien lights. The fire 10 years ago was mysterious. There's people there that are weird. It has its own weird internet from the 1970s that predates the DARPAnet. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in it that's ripe to explore. We only explore a fraction of it because, you know, we're trying to get this game going. Uh, but that's the premise of Summer Away Camp. It's not? What's its name? If I say it enough, it does become its name. <laughs> I mean... So, uh, with my part of it out of the way, I'm going to go around and you all, you all, can give a, you know, an introduction to your characters and their persona and what they're like. <clears throat> and Kevin is in this game, listeners, but he wasn't here for the intro or the outro just because he has work. He's here. <laughs> um, my character, Millie, um, she is... Uh... Alright, I'll go with the physical description first. Uh, she has buck teeth with a bit of a gap between them. She smiles a lot. Uh, she has uh, wavy hair that's cut short and is pastel green. 
she has a bunch of the original camp t-shirts from this camp because she actually used to live here before she had to move away and live with her uncle. And um, oh yeah, she has a couple piercings, including a third eye piercing. The club we're in is the Supernatural, the fortune telling club, by the way, listeners. So yeah. Uh, Personality-wise, she's artistic and passionate and quite obsessive. Uh, she kind of wants to be friends with everybody, and she has an opinion of who would make her the absolute best friend. They would be absolutely best friends. And the other person doesn't really know it. <laughs> um, her persona is Medea from... Greek mythology? Yeah. Greek mythology. So that's where she'd come from. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a floating statuesque woman in flowing like sorceress robes that tend to ripple even when it's not windy. Uh, she has dark tan skin, flowing hair, and her eyes glow. Uh, she has a bunch of jewelry with like uh, runes and sacred herbs and stuff inscribed on it all over it. And uh, yeah. Arcana the Lovers. I don't have anything else to say. Your persona? I have many. I just oh, said yeah. that. <clears throat> okay. Uh, my character is Ricardo. He's small and wiry with a wrestler's frame and a dark complexion. He dresses immaculately and exclusively in black. And he's rarely seen without a deck of cards that he compulsively shuffles because he is an amateur magician, which he takes very seriously. And he also takes the fortune telling club very seriously. He takes a lot of things really seriously. He's a very intense person. And he's also kind of a dick. Um, often. <laughs> to other people. Ricardo? No. Ricardo. <laughs> no, he's not a dick. Um, his persona is the Jack of Hearts, which is a physical manifestation of one of his cards. Um, it's an exaggerated personification of the card. Appears as a large regal man in courtly vestments. He holds a halberd in one hand and a long quill in the other. Um, and his persona is built to be kind of a jack of all trades. It can do combat, defense, heal a bit, and it has some useful abilities. Yeah, and that's me. Okay, um, I'm actually going to circle back and describe some of what my persona can do then. Uh, I didn't think to do that. Uh, yeah, Media is mostly uh, not a combat character. She's more of a uh, buffer type. Uh, she buffs the other characters and stuff like that. And also is a healer. Uh, she also is able to turn invisible, uh, can always tell when people are lying and can fly. And also has an ability to turn things into pigs. Any size thing can turn into a real full-size pig. Yeah, just pigs, you know, like just a pig. Laws yeah. of conservation of mass, out the window. It's magic. It's Infinite pig. bacon. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's what she does. She does technically have an attack, but uh, she only uses that if it's absolutely everyone else is dead, because when you're invisible, if you don't attack, people can't attack you. <laughs> Unless someone has something else to find, they're like, oh. Yes, there are powers that can I smell you. There you're are... not insentable. <laughs> well, if uh, you basically have to have a power to sense the invisible, which you can have. Oh, she's also very tough. Even if people attack her, she is a she's a tough nut to crack. <laughs> if hit in the right direction, I guess. Hmm? If hit in the right place, I guess. She has or tough times three on all of her body parts. Ah. She is tough. 
I mean, you say tough, but... Okay, she's no freaking moon dog. <laughs> Go ahead, Peter. <laughs> yeah, so my cat is Brody Star, or just Bro. He's the Sanarkana. He's a jock type. Son of an Olympic gold medalist, Orion Star. He's fit, tanned, and yeah, so on. Um, yeah, there's not really much to him. He's, you know, a meathead jock person. That's just simple. He's just for Bro, he's a very much a bro, man. You know, into surfing and you know all the other sports. And his uh, persona is the Moon Dog or Moon Moon or whatever you want to call it. Moon Bra is <laughs> a giant wolf like Moro from uh, Princess Mononoke, mixed with some Moon Moon or something like that. And a bit, I built Moon Dog to be you know very focused on combat, so it's really got gnarly times whatever he's got very tough height and so on so yeah it's a combat character and as it turned out it was pretty effective especially when all the other characters are piling on buffs we don't know that yet Peter it's the intro (laughs) oh oh it's fine I would foresight man so I'm gonna point out two things one Maru from Princess Mononoke the wolf was voiced by Scully which is awesome cool we were talking about X-Files earlier Yep. And two, listeners, Peter presented this character to me, this Broderick uh, Bro star, yeah. middle name Bro, <laughs> and I screamed at him, is that a fucking JoJo reference? Because his name is Broderick Bro star. <clears throat> like, Bro Bro, his name is Bro 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 star. Like, he, he's a JoJo reference. He's a big, ripped, athletic dude who looks like he's 40, like the JoJo stuff is drawn, even though he's 16. Uh, he has a fucking wolf that doesn't look anything like a real wolf. He has like a famous family. There's so many things going on. Peter built a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure character. You thought, and he's like, I've never read it. You thought you were safe from JoJo references. But, but it, was it was me, Peter! <laughs> yeah, totally uh, accident. There's By the... accident, he built an identical JoJo character. Because <laughs> I was building our team that wanted for the longer game. Like, you know, <clears throat> being overshadowed by your family and, you know, so on and so on. And, yeah, you know, built a shonen anime protagonist who is... It's amazing. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's Brody in Moonbra. Uh, okay, so I'm playing uh, Aaron Quas. Uh, my arcana is the devil! And I sort of initially uh, made him as a... Uh, uh, wanted to make him as a con artist, but I don't sort of really... That didn't really materialize just by virtue of the fact that we already had a dedicated social character. So I kind of turned him more into a smart aleck asshole. Uh, yeah, the persona is uh, Mephistopheles, a, who's basically uh, described, imagine an old tiny devil. Walks around like a skinny guy with a, uh, a monocle and a black traveling bag with a snake oil in one hand and a fiddle to challenge people to fiddle contests for their soul in the other. So kind of an old westy concept of the uh devil went down to georgia type yeah yeah and uh he's got the ability to uh dodge pretty much uh, anything he was very very good at that uh he had uh viol- when he played the violin he could use the ability liaison which uh charms charms shadows uh and he had a black bag the ability he primarily used which was this huge area attack buff as he gave people like i don't know something mixed with a crap load of codeine codeine and and laudanum and cocaine. And uh, he give people the evil eye, but I don't think I ever used that power once. Yeah. So I guess that's us. 
Yeah, that is the characters. Should we talk uh, about Kevin's character by proxy? Yeah, Kevin's playing Maria. His persona is Bloody Mary. Yes, uh, Maria is buff, and she has dark Thanks. skin, like she's black, and she has short hair dyed purple. Um, I don't know anything else about her other than she has a gun. She has she a has gun. gun. <laughs> Let's talk about the gun. Yes, Maria has a gun. Um, she has an actual live, like, I'm an American and I'm going to kill you gun. Also, uh, her persona, which is meant to represent uh, a base part of your personality, is Bloody Mary. So, take from that what you will. <laughs> what she was will. She described herself as a bully, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and, sh- and Bloody Mary is uh, scary. It's like a, a woman crawling out of a floating mirror, and the, her hair's all covering her face and stuff, and like the mirror's held up by angel wings. Her persona is scary. And, uh, yeah. That's her. Her, her character is also a combat character. Yep. Yep. Okay. Alright, so yeah, that is the cast, that's the premise. Um, I don't know, going in, uh, the sessions are kind of all over the place. Like, for the most part, they're mostly role play. Uh, we try to use the system. I think the first fight we got into, we got mad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming, listeners. We're, we're going to sound frustrated and angry. It's all fine. It's all good. We're not breaking. We're, we're not getting a divorce. It's fine. <laughs> I, could t- I think I could tell from my own voice I was I was upset as we were trying to navigate a lot of uh, hitches in the uh, the monster side of it, but the monster not other child is inside of it. Don't worry, guys. We're codependent. We cannot leave. We can never a... leave. I have a question. Yeah. Why is Brody in the fortune telling club? Why wouldn't he be? Because he's got the persona. So hey, I, it's weird and supernatural. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, okay. The pretense for the game was you guys were supernatural and know about magic and shit in your high school. You had a previous off-camera adventure in high school where you all came together and became the the, the, the fortune telling club. I know, but um, I think that Maria might have joined the club before she had the persona. Like I wasn't sure when people came into yeah, the club kind of thing. So I was just wondering because. Brody, if he didn't have a persona, definitely does not seem like the type that would be in this club. Well, he would have had it in the school, and then he would have joined the club. Exactly. What was going on? Exactly. Besides, yeah. Brody has layers. <laughs> I'm like an onion, man. He fucking mastered the Harmon martial arts. Sun power. Alright. Fucking All right. The ripple. <laughs> fucking piece of shit. <laughs> fucking jo- Broderick Brostar. <laughs> God damn you. God damn you. I broke Devin. He was like, oh, I'm going to play a Brosef Brostar or whatever. It's like, or Brody Brostar. It's like, Brody is short for Broderick. Broderick Brostar. You motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. <sighs> Anything else to talk about for Persona? Any, anything uh, to discuss beforehand? For Intro? I think that's the There's a real world and then this shadow world. Yeah, yeah, shit, right. That's like a whole entire thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you spend your day in the real world and then at night you, you cross over to the midnight where it's like uh, the collective unconscious of mankind, Carl Jungian psychology, you know, the repressed desires and ego and shadow of man stuff. So like things from mythology are real because we've assigned them like psychic value and psychic like like life basically so like myths about like you know the 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 titans or hercules or uh gods and demons and angels they're all real because we put so much energy of them as a people as a a society 
and we live in a society, and that's that's kind of what Persona's saying. That we live in a society. <sighs> it's doing that JRPG thing of being incredibly deep. And saying things that most games aren't saying at the time. Man. Oh, also, uh, if anyone is a really big fan of chess, uh, I guess, warning ahead, we are needlessly shitty to the, to the game sport of chess. Uh, and so by don't we, take it, he means Devin. So don't take it personally. I'm sure chess is a very wonderful game that I love, but uh, I do not pull punches in that episode. <laughs> so, you know, be good for goodness sake. It's a very deep game, man. There's a lot of skill involved in it. Yep. Uh, just like that Gary Kasparov guy. He was a stable person. Anyway, gonna wrap that up. So, I was Devin. Nicole. Tyler. Peter. Mark. And this is sponsored by Nobody, signing off. Mm -hmm.